0: What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Anthony and Mike. And we are starting 2022 off by talking about one of my favorite things. We're going to talk about Harry Potter, the 20th anniversary special that came out on New Year's Day. We don't really get a chance to talk about Harry Potter much on this podcast, and we haven't since we started because there's not really been anything new, which is weird because, like, especially with Anthony and I, we are both, like, major, major Harry Potter geeks. Yeah, so, but it
1: always comes up as a reference. Yeah, yeah you get tons just of references. about every show right. we talk about.
0: And we have talked about, I think we talked about, we talked about it a little bit in our Dragon Con coverage because I did a panel about um, They Who Must Not Be Named talking about problematic authors and separating them from their you know, from their art, which obviously we've had to do with Harry Potter for those of us who are trans supporters. Um, So it's been weird. We talked about it uh, at Conjuration because it was a Harry Potter based convention that we did. But other than that, we haven't really had a chance to talk about like the movies, the books. It's just hasn't, come up so yay i'm glad we get a chance to talk about it (laughs) and while look before we start i have to show i have to show y'all this so i was in walmart during the christmas break like maybe a week or two before christmas walking by and saw go back buggy and this thing was sitting in top of the buggy and i picked it up and i was like oh this is cool let me go see what else they have they didn't have any more in the store so i ended up getting it so you see this
1: Hey, it's so cute
0: isn't it cute <laughs> <The ornament. laughs> so for the people who are listening and not watching it's a it, this thing is like an 18 inch harry potter seasonal plush so he looks like a funko doll with his big head he really does plushy and, he's, plushie, and mm-hmm. he's holding a red ornament so it's really really cute and I picked it up and carried this thing around like a baby all through Walmart and couldn't find any others because I was looking, I was like, do they have Ron? Do they have Hermione? Cause you know, I'm a Ron fan. So I was like, they gotta have a Ron. I didn't see any others? So I was like, okay, I'll take Harry home and hopefully next Christmas they might Huge. have the others. So yeah. Yes. Yeah,
2: That's a pretty big Harry.
0: It, he, he's very big. So, um, but Leah. He looks going. a
1: little bigger than 18 inches too. Ah!
2: He but might I know be video, yeah, yeah, video makes a little different.
0: He might be 24. Be, well,
2: but then again, you're short. So, I mean... Everything
0: you know what? Out. You know what? We are not about to have this conversation today. But apparently he's not big enough for Leia because Leia keeps knocking him off of my bookcase. Every time she walks past him, she knocks him off. I'm like, really? This thing is twice your size. She don't care. But uh first uh well I should say initial thoughts what did you think about the special like were you were you emotional Anthony did you start crying within the first five minutes like I did or was that just me
1: that was just you (sighs) I mean I I may have no
0: real fan (laughs) I
1: I may have shed a tear or two you know I I tried to hide my face from my the the person I live with whom I'm related to by marriage
0: why she wasn't emotional too
1: I don't know, because I was not trying to look in her direction, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you I, had, was... I had a few moments, yeah. Um, I, I actually, I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, she's making hand signs to me, so I'm just going to ignore her for now. <laughs> um, the uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it brought up some memories. It actually brought up some things I had never thought about before mm-hmm. concerning... Um, the series, and we'll, I'll I'll talk about it later. But initial impressions was, it was it was pretty good. I only had one thing that was an the issue. Um, they didn't talk about John Williams and the music, but I know that's not, that that wasn't the focus of the show. But mm-hmm. I thought the music is as much of a character as the characters, right? Because yeah. when I hear the theme, when I hear ha- is it Hagrid's song? When I hear that
0: uh, Hagrid's Hagrid theme.
1: theme you can't get it out of your head
0: Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. you know that that you just can't and I think the music is just as much a part of the the show as the characters are so yeah that was the only thing but other than that I thought it was fabulous
0: yeah I know they they have talked about the music um and other things before, like some of the behind the scenes that you get with some of the DVDs, you know, they they release like so many different types of DVDs yeah. with special features. So they, I know they talk about it there. I think this one was supposed to be more so um, kind of like a nostalgic journey. I feel like part of it was to kind of deflect from some of the negative that we hear with uh not necessarily Harry Potter fandom but again you know mentioning she who must not be named and it surprised me
1: that they had her had clips of her in there and but they they made made sure sure, they said filmed in 2019
0: 2019. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) made sure so my best friend and I we were watching it at the same time she's in North Carolina I'm here so we waited until we were both free so that we could watch it together and like text back and forth and that was the one thing we both texted to each other at the same time we were like they made sure everybody knew that she wasn't a part of this you know the whole live thing which you know is is cool I mean I'll be honest it's still her creation you know we are grateful to her for creating this world that has brought so many people together, but it was, it was strange, you know. Um, that, I mean, I don't it's know. A, it's
2: always it's always going to be kind of strange when like the someone who created or sang or wrote something gets involved in some bullshit and you're and you're like, oh God, what the fuck am I gonna do now? It's just like all that shit happened with Kevin Spacey and everybody was watching House of Cards was so like, oh fuck, I can't watch House of Cards anymore. I can't mm-hmm. watch usual suspects. It's just like, I mean, to a lesser eh, JK Rowling is nowhere near as as tough as R. Kelly, but it's just, it's just like, you know, people still listen to R. Kelly. Like, like we're like still listening, step in the name of love and stuff. But I don't see like it we can't
0: i don't i can't can't. yeah it's like but
2: but it's kind of hard, like you said some people i mean it's hard for some people to separate the artist from the douchebag or douchebag as the case may be it's like some people just like really like something that they do and they're like oh i can look past all that but you know i mean i'm with you that's like some certain certain things i'm like i'm you know i'm done with you i can't do it
0: I think, I think part of it is for me, um, my connection to Harry Potter. Yes, I love the the series. I got really attached to the characters, but for me, it was more so the family that I found through Harry Potter, like several of my best friends I found because of Harry Potter, a lot of, um, you know, my fandom experiences, my, my first paid blogging gig um, and all this other stuff all had to do with harry potter so that's why i associate with that more than you know the other stuff but we won't we're we're not going to get into this this is going to be a fun discussion we're not going to talk about she who must not be named we're going to leave voldemort over there and just you know focus on this stuff
2: i was saying we can call it voldemortician
0: no we just i'm just going to stick to she who must not be named and be done with it
1: yeah i was saying um how you and i met because of harry potter Right. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. we well, we, we worked together first and then we kind of bonded and got got closer or became more friends because of Harry Potter. Right. Yeah. So and that's that's kind of happened with me with a couple of people that I've worked with before, like um, one of my best friends she and I worked in the same office and we were cool. And when I first started working at that office, when I went from part-time to full-time and, you know, got a cubicle to decorate, I have, I have some Harry Potter dolls that are actually in my bedroom right now. And I had them sitting on my desk and she walked past my desk and she kind of stopped and She looked back, she was like, Wait a minute, are you a Harry Potter fan? I was like, yes. She sat down at my desk and she was like, Girl, let's talk. And literally, that's how we started our friendship. <laughs> um, she and I went to our first Dragon Con together because uh Matthew Lewis, who plays Neville, and James and Oliver Phelps, who plays the twins, were coming to Dragon Con. So that was my introduction to Dragon Con way back in 2007 So I have a lot of good memories with the Harry Potter. Yeah, because
1: I, I remember you were in the media center and and Michelle was like, oh, you know, um, because I knew Mia, because mm-hmm. I had substituted in her class. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, her mom works in the media center. She's in the Harry Potter because I had just started reading books. Right. And I was like, oh. And so I went to the media center. And we started talking about Harry Potter. That's, you know, because I knew you, but I didn't yeah. really know you until yeah. we started talking about that stuff.
0: Yeah. That was a fun time. I loved working. Um, I, I worked in the elementary media center. And I loved it. That was actually my introduction to Harry Potter because I was in there all the time. And the kids were like, we couldn't keep the Harry Potter books on our shelves. Like we had several copies of each book. I think at that time it was up to Order of the Phoenix and um, we couldn't keep them on the shelf. And what happened was one of the banks in our neighborhood gave a donation of books to our school's media center. And as I'm going through cataloging the books, there was a box set of the first five books. So, my supervisor at the time, and also one of my mentors, He had been trying to get me to read Harry Potter forever, and I just wouldn't because at that time, I was just getting out of a uh, church situation that was kind of sort of culty, and I've mentioned this before in other podcasts or whatever, but, you know, they were one of those that was kind of on the fence or, you know, telling people that when you read stuff with witchcraft, it was, anyway, you guys know where I'm going with that, so I just never read the books, Mm -hmm. and being in there, I was like, okay, well, I guess I should take them home and read them. So he let me take the books home before we ever put them on the shelf. And I I tell everybody, people laugh at me when I tell them this story. So I took the books home on a Thursday. It was right before spring break in 2005. I remember this because I was like, okay, so I have these three days for this week. Spring break was the following week. So I was like, okay, I'll have like 10 days to read these books. I was a pretty fast reader back then so i was like okay i can do this took the books home on thursday started with book one i was finished with all five by sunday evening three days i read all five books and this is with that was 2005 at that time at a three-year-old a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old <laughs> so everybody was like how in the world did you do this I said, literally, I took that book everywhere. I sat on the couch and I folded laundry. I cooked with it. I was in the bathroom with it. I took a bath and I had it sitting on a stand. Like I took that, I took those books everywhere and and read. So that was kind of how I got into it. And then I joined a message board. I'm dating myself now. I joined a message board, and one of the uh, one of the chat rooms for the message board was Harry Potter fans thirty and over. And I was like, wait, there's more. And got into it. And it was, it was like, at that point, I think that chat room had like 10,000 members. I was like, wait, what? So that was kind of me dipping my toe into the Harry Potter universe. And I still have friends from that initial chat room that I'm friends with now that have surpassed like real life friends. Some of these people I've never met in person. Some I have. So it holds a very special place for me in in terms of that and then I was going through a lot a lot of stuff personally at that time too so it kind of helped me through some really really dark personal stuff and um that's just kind of you know why it's still cemented in my heart as a fandom like I haven't read the books in a long time I only watch the movies sporadically now but I still like feel so connected to this fandom and i'm sure you guys have like maybe similar experiences And i know anthony and i we belong to an adult hp group here in atlanta that we started going to like i started going there in like oh seven right after dragon con and um anthony started coming a little while after that he and his wife i think um i think michelle's been to a couple of meetings as well right yeah
1: one one or two yeah one or two and we still have some good friends from that like dina and adam and yeah denise whole bunch of people yeah a lot of fun people i i didn't think like for me getting into it like i was always a reader and i just kind of like i'm not gonna read harry potter because that's that's kids books who wants to read the children books you know i i don't want to i didn't I, I was done with the ya i was an adult but um I picked up Sorcerer's Stone. I was like, "Oh my God, this is actually pretty good."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and and since they're easy reads, you go through them fast.
0: Well, and they I were through, easy reads, and then once you get are... to Prisoner of Azkaban, it's kind of like, "Wait, this yeah, is see, this is taking yeah. a turn." <laughs> yeah,
1: but you know, I went through them pretty <laughs> fast, and um, and for me, it it I had stopped reading for the most part up until that Same. point. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I don't know if I don't remember. I think because when when you when you go to law school, you read a lot. <laughs> you read a lot, and so when you're done, you don't want to read anymore, right? Unless you have to, right? So getting back into it, I was like, oh my god, this is really good. So it actually brought me back to a passion that I had before, mm-hmm. which was Same. reading fan. Yeah, reading fan. It's not fantasy, but it felt like fantasy to me. Mm-hmm. and um it 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 rekindled that passion i have for reading because michelle will tell you after that i read all the time like i couldn't stop reading yeah and it it, it brought that back for me um and then i didn't have a lot of people to hang out with i didn't really hang out with anyone until the hp I and mean, i started hanging out with you guys and that mm-hmm. was fun yeah um, we had been then fun. seeing y'all at, yeah seeing y'all at dragon con that was fun yeah, you because know, they had been going it was just me and and brandon my, my best friend we mm-hmm. only it was just us up until then i started hanging out with hp people yeah and he'd be like oh you're gonna go hang out with them now yeah <laughs> oh, okay uh I, i'll catch you <laughs> later
0: <laughs> he missed out on some good hang time so <laughs> but, you know, mike how so, did you get into hp
2: uh basically through the movies um uh, my secret shame is that I've <clears throat> never read the books.
0: Oh Lord, we're gonna <laughs> but... have to fix that for real. <laughs> we gotta fix yeah. that.
2: But I mean, it, to be honest, I mean, just like just like y'all, it's like I've been an avid reader, like through high school, through college. Like I anything you put in front of me, I'd read. Mm-hmm. So it's like so when I saw the previous one of the movie, I was like, yeah, I might check it out. But then it's like I because I have been hearing about like how books how books were being. How they're banning the books from schools because of because you know witchcraft. Witchcraft and all that stuff and the one thing about me back in the day is like if you handed me a list of books i couldn't read i'd buy every last one of them mm-hmm. and go read them right so it's like or i or i tried to figure out what it's about but at this time it's like i had i was like you know what i'll just check out the movie before i read the books so i watched went and see the movie of course movie blew me the fuck away mm-hmm. i was like that's pretty dope okay so then, it's like I just I pretty much just watched the movies because I think at that time I was more into murder mysteries and I just I just never really had a chance to pick them up. People have been trying to give them to me. They've been like, "Here, you like the books are so much better." I'm like, "I know the books are always usually better than the movie." Yes, I know. So are like, "Here, read, read." I'm like, "Okay, okay, okay, okay," and I just never really had a chance to. But I've seen them, and it's like I think Harry Potter is the one fandom where it's kind of a good dichotomy of what a fandom is because it's such a diverse fandom. Like, you know, I mean, they're from all walks of life, all ages. I mean, you I think even more so than a lot of other fandoms. Mm-hmm. This one is really more diverse than a lot of them, like especially Marvel DC, probably like any other like fantasy fandom. Like they it's such a diverse and close-knit fandom that, you know, I mean, this like you can go to if you go to a con and you see people in their robes you're gonna be like hey hey and it's like you you'll start talking instantly mm-hmm. it's not like people if you see like two people dressed up as superheroes they will probably be like oh cool and keep walking but it's like most people it like, i've noticed like people who like don't have have never met the person before in their life if they're in the same if they're in the same house they'll just instantly oh, yeah start talking Ex-
0: yes absolutely absolutely
2: and I think that that's what's really cool about the Harry Potter fandom is like, there are no strangers, right? Like There's no strangers in the fandom,
0: right? You see, we've all we're all representing our houses. I've got on my Hufflepuff shirt. Anthony has on a Ravenclaw shirt that his wife made for him and Mike has got on his Ravenclaw head as well i'm i'm a little bit outnumbered but that's okay all right I, I
1: was i was reminded that we started listening to the audiobook when michelle was in graduate school and we were driving to athens and so we were wow. listening to the, wow. in the car
0: okay so that's that's how okay. we jumped
1: in and if i'm okay. not mistaken Definitely. she was the one that wanted to listen to it weren't, weren't you yeah it was her so
0: Oh, so she was the cool, was the cool one, one, first, one first and then right. you, you okay, right. okay. And okay. then I was like, oh, this I'm is kind
1: of good and I, then I started diving into the books.
0: Okay. Gotcha, I stand corrected
1: gotcha. again.
0: <laughs> that's the lovely thing about having her sitting next to you while you're recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's we'll funny. Comment. So let's talk about the reunion <laughs> special. Um, Overall, I enjoyed it. Very nostalgic. Uh, I did shed a few tears. Like, I mean, even just listening to the music when when it first came on, I was just like, okay, here we go. I was like, here's my tissue. I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be strong. I'm gonna be okay. When they showed Hogwarts and started playing, um, I think it was Harry's Wondrous World at that point. I was like, we ain't even five minutes into this okay I'm gonna be (laughs) strong for the rest of the episode and no there were there were some uh there were some tearjerker moments but um I think my first thoughts when I watched it the first time I actually watched it I've watched it three times now watched it Once on New Year's Day, I watched it once the next day with my older daughter. And then I watched it just before we started recording because I had some thoughts and I I needed to kind of go back and see if what I was remembering was correct. But one of the first things that I noticed that kind of threw me was that, did it seem to you like, for the most part, the trio filmed everything separately from everybody else? Like, they may have been there at two different times?
1: Yes, because that way.
0: Yeah, because it's interesting that the whole thing starts out with Emma. You know, the way that they um, kind of introduced the reunion show was that you kind of get an overview of London. And then you see like Emma in a bookstore. You see Robbie in a coffee shop. And then you see uh, Matthew Lewis in a taxi cab. And at the stroke of five, they all get Hogwarts letters, you know, with with the address of where they are. And it's inviting them to this reunion special. So you see Emma coming to the Hogwarts Express. You see her uh, greeting. Who was it? Ivana Lynch and Bonnie Wright, Luna and Jenny on the train. You get to see like different people coming into The uh, Hogwarts Express, you get to see um, Mark Williams and James and Oliver Phelps, you know, Weasley's boarding the train. You see uh, Gary Oldman and Helena Bonham Carter and different things so it's like you get to see these people arrive and then you see emma arrive at hogwarts and this is where they're having like a christmas ball kind of a yule ball type thing so you see her go to greet different people like she sees tom felton she gives him a hug you see um, alfred e- alfred enoch i'm gonna always call him alfie but he's a grown man now so i have to remember alfred <laughs> I, I noticed that Ooh. when he starred on um how to get away with murder i'm like he is not alfred he's alfie damn He's going to always be Alfie, And then I have to remember that they're actually not that far behind us in age, like only 10 years. So I'm like, okay. but anyway, so you get to see him and, you know, you get to see all the different people like kind of milling together and talking with each other. And then as I was watching, I noticed I was like, wait a minute. I said, that means Emma was the only person who interacted with the rest of the younger cast because you never see. Daniel or Rupert interact with any of the others. Mm-mm. And that was that was strange for me. It was kind of sad too because I was like it we know that those main three are the stars of the of the sh- films, but you know, the friendships with within the films with the characters were very important, and it just kind of felt a little off to me to not see them interact, but then I thought about it. I was like, okay, it does seem a little bit more formal with the three of them as opposed to with the others. And it just, I don't know. It felt weird. Like I love seeing the three of them together, but something about that vibe and then the vibe with the rest of the people and the rest of the cast, it was just, it just seemed so different.
1: Did Rupert interact with anyone else? Was he not with all the Weasleys when they were together? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I wondered if scheduling had a lot to do with it.
0: That's what I started wondering he, too, and then because,
1: um, it seemed like Daniel had a lot more because he talked to Gary Oldman. He also was, was with HBC. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he was with a lot of the older yeah, cast, but he didn't interact cast. with anybody else yeah. in the younger cast. No, so I, you know, that's why I started wondering because I was like, it feels like a reunion, but at the same time, it kind of feels like I said that whole part of it feels weird like okay me I'm I'm the so people in my in my friend group know me as the hugger I'm the one who when I see you if it's been a long time I have the joyous reaction I give the bear hugs like that's how I am when I haven't seen somebody that I care about for a long time and you saw that with Emma and Tom even though you know we'll talk about their part of the um, special later on, but you see it with Emma and Tom. You saw it with the way uh, Daniel and HBC greeted each other, but I kind of wanted to see that with the three of them. And it's like, instead, when they're first introduced, they're all sitting in chairs, like way apart from each other. There's almost no intimacy within the three of them. Yeah. You know, there is a-
1: I would have wanted to have seen more like- when i saw tom felton talking to alfred and
0: matthew, matthew i wanted to yeah, see more matthew. of
1: that like mm-hmm. i wanted more of of those yeah. people and the twins and everyone else interacting i know mm-hmm. that the big three are the big three and everyone wants to hear them talk and see what's going but um the, the one of the better appeals to the show or to the to the story especially the movies are the background characters Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I didn't know until last night but I had a crush on Yvonne is it Ivana Lynch uh-huh I, I did not know yeah, that Luna. until I'm sitting there watching like yeah I I actually love Luna Lovegood she's like one yeah. of my favorite characters man Ivana. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like wow she's she's actually pretty awesome
0: and if you follow them all on like social media especially like um one of the things that Emma mentioned she she said that you know for katie and ivana and uh bonnie she said one of the things that she loves about them is that they've all become like really great activists and she's so proud of them okay i have
1: a a disclaimer the question on uh ivana lynch is now not then i mean i know she was like a child so i just want everyone to understand that
0: yeah 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 (laughs) okay
2: yeah i just want to be clear
0: i I was gonna say that goes without saying but then again for some people maybe not so yeah
2: I, I literally i literally assumed you meant you meant in the show
1: I didn't, oh, okay i just want to make yeah. sure our audience no. understands because i don't want <laughs> yeah. any emails about it
0: yeah yeah you didn't mean it in the in the creepy uncle type of way no right. <laughs> <laughs> got it but um yeah so it was i loved seeing the three of them together I'm i'm not saying that it just, in a way, it felt, it felt formal, if that's the right word I'm looking for, except for Emma, like, Emma, I think you could tell she, and I think, you know, as they've gotten older, I won't say that they've necessarily tried to distance themselves from Harry Potter, but, you know, they've all done other things, and it's like, okay, yeah, Harry Potter is where I started, but I've done other things, too, I want to be known for that, too, so I can kind of understand that, but it's, it's, almost like emma once they started doing this emma realized how much she missed it because she was so enthusiastic the way she talked she was very emotional right. and then you could kind of you can see Dan. well anytime daniel does an interview he's kind of animated and he's very funny um even when he's not trying to be he's he's just kind of there rupert was just sitting back to like yep yep but he was a, he was a lot more um he was a lot more vocal in the parts where they had him just to himself. But it's like while he was there, he was just letting Dan and Emma talk, and you could just see his face lighting up, like yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I feel like Rupert was probably like, okay, what is the baby doing? What is she doing? You know, because I think I think out of all of them, those that were there, I believe he's the only one with a kid, as far as the the younger cast. Mm-hmm. I think he's the only one with the kids. Some of the other ones have kids that weren't there last night, but I just felt like I was kind of sort of looking at Harry, Ron, and Hermione, like Ron is in the background soaking it up. And then once you get him to himself, he starts talking, but it was just, it was weird, but it was fun because you could kind of see like shadows of Harry, Ron, and Hermione while they were having their conversation.
1: Yeah. But but, like I said, I I also kept, getting the impression that that they weren't i don't want to use the word honest but i could tell there were a lot of things left unsaid mm-hmm. and i wonder if rupert was one of those people like i got a whole lot of stuff i could say so i'm just gonna keep my mouth shut and just stick to the script mm-hmm. it, i i kind of yeah i can
2: i kind of i kind of got, got that feeling
0: okay I kind
2: of got the feeling that there were certain points I thought was just like, are we done yet? Like, can I go? Like, I mean, other than the parts where, like you said, Wingfield Malone, he was talking a lot. But but like when they were like talking about certain things, he was like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I remember that. Right. Yeah, right. And I'm going like, to be honest. He, really, he just kind of acted. I'm going
0: to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if he forgot some of the stuff that they were talking about. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll just this be honest, honest because some people don't remember that kind of detail like the whole thing where uh emma was talking about her pet hamster and dane was like oh yeah but that was funny because rupert when when it came to that rupert was like yeah you you remember um he was like the crew made a uh coffin for it and everything it was and i was like wait what and dane was like hold up i definitely wasn't paying attention to all of that so i think it was like different things that they remembered, but like some of the behind the scenes things, he probably didn't remember because if you look at interviews that he did back then, and even the way he talks now about the way he was back then, he was pretty much channeling Ron. And Ron is one of those characters where some of the times he's not going to pay attention to that stuff. And I just felt like he probably, he was probably quiet, not because there were things he didn't want to say, but he was probably like, did that happen oh yeah oh yeah
1: the, yeah the, um, the funniest <laughs> the funniest thing was when they were talking about having to write the essays for the characters
0: i've heard that story <laughs> so many times and i laugh every, every time. single time i hear Hilarious.
1: it Hilarious. every Hilarious.
0: single time i hear it i'm gonna tell you what the funniest part of the reunion was for me daniel and hbc running around green guys acting like children yeah, that was the best part to me.
1: No, the best part because, was when she read the, oh my god, notes, they're still back the note here that he wrote because he shot. He shot at what thirteen, fourteen. He was like, yeah. if only
0: I. He was like, if only I had been born ten <laughs> years.
2: <laughs> later, oh my god! Hey, shoot, shot, young man!
0: Shoot no, shot,
2: shoot or shoot.
0: Her putting in her teeth. He goes, <laughs> and hmm, Daniel. He kind of like,
2: <laughs>
1: He's like, Daniel's put in, like
0: daniel's like and she has assured me that these teeth have not been cleaned since she took them out of her mouth at, at the end of film and so yeah
1: that is such a hbc was, thing to do though it
0: is think about her
2: yes that's yes. powerful and it course. was hilarious okay and it and, and shout, shout out to her for looking like she aged backwards like
0: dude she looked good. Well, actually, they all look good. Even even, even uh Mark Williams yeah. with the with the salt and pepper hair, the salt hair looks good. They all look really good.
2: Yeah, I, I was I was looking at her, I was like, damn, I guess Tim Burton did age the You fuck know God. it. Like, huh. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, her and it's like, yeah, and and my personal hero, Matthew Lewis, the king of the glow up, like still look good.
0: You know, and and I have to say. I'm saying he he,
2: he is an undisputed king of the glow up, like a five movie, movie glow up. There's, there's no there's no company. I mean, well,
0: no. here's the here's the funny thing, though. So you have to realize that in the last few films, they actually put fake teeth and a fat suit on him. Because, you know, as as you you know, as you go through puberty, sometimes you're. You know, you don't look or sound or, you know, things change about you. And they wanted to keep that, I guess, consistent with the character. But I I will also say, too, I've met him several times at Dragon Con. He is one of the nicest, absolute nicest people there are. Um, I, I've told this story several times, but one of the times I was at Dragon Con, uh, my kids were too little to go at the time. And so, I went to go see him to, you know, meet him, get his autograph or whatever. And he actually got on the phone with my kids and talked to them for a few minutes. So that, you know, that was like one of the best Dragon Con and celebrity experiences I've had. So he's really cool.
2: You are good at getting celebrities to talk to your kids. Yes. On the phone, it was just him. You know, no, like
0: five it was just him. No, it was just him and Jim Beaver. From Supernatural, and that's only because Jim and I, like, we used to interact on on Twitter all the time, and I actually had met him at another convention several years back, and I was just shocked at the fact that he remembered me, and he, you know, my daughter was with me, he was like, you have another daughter, and you have a son too, I was like, yeah, son's too, too young to come, daughter was too tired after yesterday, so he got on the phone and fussed at her, so yeah, but, um, yeah, getting back to, uh, HP, yeah, Matt Matthew is one of like the nicest guys, like always smiling, you know, very friendly to his fans. Um, He came to the Yule Ball the first that, no, it wasn't that first year. I think it was the second time he came to Dragon Con. He actually came to the Yule Ball, spoke to people. Um, I mean, if they're looking
1: for a replacement for Daniel Craig as James Bond, they should just call Matthew Lewis.
0: (laughs) You know what? I would not be mad at that i would not be mad at that at all that would yeah i i would i would sign that petition yes let's get mad because i think he could do it he could do it he could do, it. Sure yeah. He could do it yeah yeah let's let's um, put jason, that out there in the universe
1: jason isaacs look, looked pretty good too yeah can, can we talk yeah. about how they are at the age they were in the 19 years later aren't they close to that age
0: Yes. and a <laughs> matter of fact, uh, I think Dan, I think either Daniel or he Rupert mentioned it. that yeah. they said something about, yeah, we look better than we did in the epilogue. And that's even in the second epilogue, because if you ever saw pictures from the first epilogue, like before they went in and did reshoots, they looked so old. And I was like and I think it made me mad because for Deathly Hallows, I was actually the age that they were supposed to be in the epilogue, and I was like, I don't look nowhere near that bad, so they need to fix this, Mm. and then they did reshoots, and um, it looked a little bit better, but I still felt like y'all still look a little bit old, but you know, Rupert did say that he, um, I guess they changed his hairline, and they put them in a little fat suit, so that's I guess kind of realistic. They didn't look as bad in the epilogue as people make them out to be. I just no, don't they, feel like they they,
1: did. they, they, looked,
0: they didn't look they that looked, because looked, I have I know I have seen I have seen some people who are that age. they were supposed to be 36, and Jenny, I think, was probably supposed to be like now Jenny, I will say they did age her a little bit too much because Jenny is a few years younger than them. And they did make her look like they had the darks, you know, their eyes were a little darkened. So they did make her look a little bit older. But I have seen some people at that age, 36, who look like they might be 20 years older. So they didn't look that bad. I think they could have looked better. But, you know, yeah, I don't know, because I, I, I'm i going to be honest. I, we're, we're African-American. Black don't crack. Like some of us will be 70 still looking younger than us now. So, you know, I just, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think it was as bad as people. Like I know people who absolutely hated it. And I mean, even to this day, they still talk about it. Like I'm like, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. They looked a little older, but who knows? I mean, think about it. They were stressed out as kids that had to have caught up, that had to have caught up with them. Harry
1: was almost like literally murdered twice. Like,
0: no, no, Voldemort came after this dude every single year was, for seven years. No, no.
1: He was a father cadavered twice. Uh,
0: as well, a baby yes. and as
1: a teenager. Yes,
0: that will age a person. <laughs> a person. So, yeah, yeah, they were all right. They were all right. But,
1: um, but I'm trying I, to I did enjoy, I enjoyed seeing them all together. Um, like I said, especially the background people.
0: yeah i wish we could have seen more of them though yeah like i wouldn't have been mad if they had done maybe another 30 minutes and we could have actually gotten a little bit more of the background characters or like talked a little bit more to the weasleys or even like tom and alfred matthew like get all of them together you know i think that would have been cool it would have been fun um
1: even bonnie yeah yeah Mm
0: -hmm. um but yeah, you know, not not. I think about it. I think some of that had to have been filmed. Like, they couldn't have all been filmed together because I can't see. I can't see where Jason Isaacs and Tom Felton would not have done a, a segment together because they talk a lot off screen. Like even now, they've gotten together. You know, since then, like when they were, when they talk to each other on social media, they're still dad and son. Know, so, that, like, they really have a close relationship.
1: That, that was funny when Tom, he was like, he was like really, really nice. And then he'd be like the worst person in the world I
0: and mean, he'd be really nice again. It's like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like where he hit him with the cane and actually bit him. Then he's like, he was like, oh my
0: God, are you okay? I'm so sorry. So, let me tell you that cane, those teeth, real deal. Because we, um, I had a group of friends that hung out like very regularly, like 2008 to 2010. And one of them is a huge Lucius Malfoy fan. So what we did for her birthday one year, instead of us all getting her individual gifts, we all pitched in and bought her the Lucius Malfoy cane that comes with the wand. And let me tell you, those teeth... Nice they really are sharp they really do hurt so yeah i can imagine just having those teeth put in that poor little baby's hand but then when he said that uh tom said no it'll be good for the scene (laughs)
2: like
0: who thinks of that at 11 years old like rip no the funny part was when he was talking about the auditions and he said that they had the boom mic uh, and he said, this little girl says, well, what is that? And he was like, I think I even said a boom, not a boom, like duh. And then... He said, you know, you know, I'm sitting here saying all of this, but I had never really been on set before. He said, and I remember that because that little girl was Emma. I started hollering. I said, oh, so you were Draco and Hermione right from the start. Like (laughs) she's trying to get more knowledge. Like what is this weird thing? And he's like, oh, duh, it's a microphone. Oh, (laughs) that was fun. Um, Speaking of those two. I know that they say there is nothing romantic between them. I need them to. They they're just they're a couple in my mind now. Just whatever, they're a couple in my mind.
2: Yeah, especially after after saying all after saying all that, she was like, I had such a crush on him, and then da da da, da like ad. Yeah, and
0: then yeah. What was the last it thing just,
1: she said? That's my story. And I'm speaking to it.
0: She was yeah. like, "That's all I can say about that." Yeah. Or Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. So I mean, but I mean, like I said, I I follow everyone on social media and I know that like Tom has shared posts like pre pandemic. uh, One of them will come out to see the other and they like hang out or whatever. And it'd be like really fun, really really friendship type things you know I'm not saying that they're not I believe they are real close friends but if y'all got that much affection for each other and there's been issues like neither one of them far as I know is in a relationship right now I just need y'all to go on and just do it just 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 go for it I just I I feel like a mother like pushing pushing these two together like they just yeah, they were cute talking about each other. Though. You know who's a good boy? That Tom Felton. You should talk to him. <laughs> they, just, they just seem so cute and they have genuine affection for each other. I just, I, I loved it though. I mean, but even, even if they're not, you know, in a relationship or whatever, whatever. I just, I really like seeing that even after all of these years those two, if, if nobody else, those two seem like they are still very close friends and they have genuine affection for each other. And I like seeing that because all of them were together for so long. Like Gary Oldman said, it feels like, you know, he said it really did feel like a family because you don't really have any other films where I can't think of any other films that went eight series. You know what I'm saying? That's a long time to be on set with the same people. Yeah,
1: not with the same cast. No, That the same. Right,
0: people. and I mean, I think they even said they had the same crew. So you know, I think that's you know, it, it that's just something I I like here, and I like seeing the way they got together. Series telling um, HBC, he was like, "You killed me," and she was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, but it had to be done." I was like, "No, it didn't. It did <laughs> not. It absolutely did not have to be done." <laughs> Like, I held, let me tell you, reading the books and then watching the films, I held on to the possibility that Sirius was still alive. I was like, he's just beyond the veil. How how
1: many message boards and post fan fiction and, and, and about him coming back for the veil all the different mm-hmm. theories which I don't have a theory all the different theories I'm sorry wait I'm sorry what about, was that about him he didn't really die he felt no he was I avoc- really avoc- he was dead he felt We'll he see dead.
0: that's see that's the thing that's the thing because in the books she never said a spell. No, she
1: didn't. Like she when didn't she hit
0: them. him, she used nonverbal magic. Yeah. And of course, we could go into differences between book and films. In the films, they used a lot of nonverbal magic, which in the books you couldn't do unless you were of a certain really level of yeah. wizard. But, but you know, for films, I think it. Now that I'm older and thinking about the films, it probably worked out better that way because especially like during the battle scenes, I really don't want to hear you yelling out every single spell every time you're doing it. That's just tedious. We've had that conversation
1: about that. We We have, have we have.
0: (laughs) But it was still one of those, even though she said the curse, I was still holding on to the fact that he could come back. But I think what happened was, um, I think Order of the Phoenix, the movie came out trying to think right before deathly hallows and i think when i saw the movie that's kind of what convinced me in my mind that even in the later books he would not come back because like i said reading it in the books you kind of think that there's a chance for him to come back yeah because he just
1: fell through the veil He He just
0: fell through the veil like and I think even I think even the color of the spell that hit him was different. So you think, okay, there's a chance there's just, you know, Luna says she hears other voices. Harry can hear other voices. So maybe there's a chance when I saw it in Order of the Phoenix. And she did the spell and he went through. I cried so much because I was like, oh, that means he can't come back in the books because they would never have killed him in the movies Mm -hmm. if they knew he was still going to be alive in the books. I lost it then. (laughs) I was like, really? That actually
1: reminds me of something else that I liked when, um, speaking of book and movies, how, uh, because I had heard the story before how Alan Rickman knew what was going to happen to his character. (laughs) yeah
0: and i remember like, that reading that in an and interview Gary Oldman was
1: like he did he's like
0: yeah he." his did. response to that was hilarious because he was like of course he did of course he, he had of an answer. like if alan rickman yeah. who else but yeah and even i director remember
1: reading, when he said why did you do that i'll tell you later <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I remember when I first read that in an interview, either I read it or I, no, I think I saw it. I saw him talking about it. And he was talking about how he went to dinner with She Who Must Not Be Named and they were talking about it. And he asked her, you know, he was like, is there anything that you can tell me that would like influence my performance? Is there something that I need to know? And then she told him and I was like, So he sat on this for the whole 10 years Mm -hmm. and never told a soul. Like that's the person you want keeping your secrets. (laughs) That is the person
1: you want keeping your secrets. Imagine how many acting choices he made just based on having that inside knowledge. How many times he told the director, no, 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 no. I'm going to do it this way. He was like, Mm -hmm. why? Trust me. yeah
0: (laughs) yeah right that was interesting you know and and like i said watching gary oldman's reaction when dan told him that he was just so tickled and then he was like of course it's alan who wouldn't tell him like alan rigman probably could have gotten the secrets to all of his roles without even asking and and would have just carried on like he didn't know a damn thing
1: and that brings up something else I wanted to talk about um I didn't realize it at the time and I didn't realize it until watching the special like how many brilliant British actors were in the series like mm -hmm. the cream of the crop the best of the best were in this children's story
0: Right. And like Chris Columbus said, it was so it it was so funny because the kids, you know, when they were doing Philosopher's Stone, he said they really had no idea of the magnitude of British acting royalty that they were working with. And then when Dan started talking about um, the whole Gary Oldman thing and Emma was like, yeah, you were like you got to be cool. It's Gary Oldman. (laughs) Like, I was Mm -hmm. like, I can actually (laughs) see Daniel saying that because even watching, um, if you ever watched any of the interviews and behind the scenes stuff, when he talks about Gary Oldman, even back then as a 14 year old, he talked about him with such reverence and respect and love, you know, and, um, I just remember reading stuff about how close they did get on set. It almost was like the uncle, nephew, or, you know, mentor, mentee relationship. And so that was nice to see because you could still see a little bit of that there. And then to hear the other people like David Heyman and Chris Columbus talk about the relationship and Alfonso Cuaron, listening to them talk about the relationship and how it, you know, how it kind of formed those two characters was really good because I will tell you this, as far as the character of Sirius Black. Um, when I read him in the books and he and he went through the veil, I actually did not have much of a reaction because the way that she wrote that relationship, it was, it was supposed to be godfather, godson but you kind of got the feeling that in the books, he was only looking at Harry as like, well, not only looking at, but he was mainly looking at Harry as a replacement for James, Mm -hmm. you know? And if you think about it, the amount of time that Sirius spent in jail, in, in Azkaban, like, think about it. He was around 21 when he got locked up. So mentally, as far as seeing Harry and seeing this, you know, this spitting image of his best friend who he lost at such a young age, and Harry at that time was between 14 and 17 when he started getting to know him, I could see him, you know, kind of putting Harry in that spot to replace his best friend. But in the books, I didn't really feel connected to him because I felt like, Oh, you know, he just looks at him as a replacement to James. He's not looking at him as an actual separate person. I feel like we got to see that fleshed out a little bit more in the movies. And that's what made me love that relationship. Because yes, there was that one moment in Order of the Phoenix where they were fighting and he says, nice one, James. But that's the only time you ever really see him make that connection or make that mistake. The rest of the time when you see them in the films, they really are like godfather and godson. And that's what endeared me to that relationship in the films, which is why it hurts so fucking much when he went through the veil, because I felt it then. And then in that movie, Order of the Phoenix, when he went through the veil and Lupin was holding Harry, and he did that screen and there was nothing coming out, that was one of the most, gut-wrenching scenes for the film series for me ever I think the only one that tops it is Amos Diggory yelling after Cedric gets killed
2: oh my god Uh, that when they they showed that scene I still remember like I was I still I recalled the shock of when when he got hit with the I was like what like "Whoa, whoa 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 and like I like I still felt that feeling like That was just, that was just, like you said, just gut wrenching, especially hearing his father.
0: Every single time I I watch that movie mm. and I hear him scream, That's my boy. Like the waterworks are coming. I don't care. I can watch that movie three times back to back to back. I'm going to cry at that scene every single time. Every single time. It's just one of those gut-wrenching oh yeah it was bad and and the crazy thing is Goblet of Fire was the first Harry Potter movie I saw in the movie theater because like I said I got into the series in 2005 that was the year Half-Blood Prince came out um the book and Order of the Fiend I mean Goblet of Fire came out the movie so that was the first Harry Potter movie I went to go see I went to go see it by myself first because I wanted to make sure it was appropriate for the kids Then I took the kids to see it when, no, actually, no, that one was, I went, all three of us went to go see it. When I tell you, when Cedric hit the ground, dude, we were all like, Um. oh, it was bad. It was bad. And they played that one little snippet during this reunion. And I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna damn it where's my tissue <laughs> can't help it
1: um since we're on this topic the mm-hmm. emotional like when it first played the deathly hollows when harry had the resurrection stone and he saw all the people you know the people that he lost his parents
0: mm-hmm.
1: um serious Mm-hmm. Rem, uh, not remus um yep yeah remus, remus. Mm-hmm. and uh i was this was the first time like i got really emotional and mm-hmm. it was during that little clip and then michelle played the end of the movie Um mm-hmm. right after that because she wanted to watch it again and, and when that scene came up i'm like i don't know it it, it made me think of a panel we had and i was like Am I about to like start crying now? Yeah, like yeah. And then I started thinking about you know wanting to be with the people that you lost mm-hmm. and how powerful that moment was. Mm-hmm. Like it plays so much better yeah. on on the in the movie than it does in the book. That yeah, you just I don't know. I got emotional during that part, like both times, like when they talked about it, and, mm-hmm. and I don't know, it was it was a lot
2: plus it hits it hits different when you're a father now because like i mean it's like when you have older kids that like you can put in that position it's just like oh yeah i'd be the same way
0: yeah yeah but i i I think i agree with you um anthony as far as you know those moments are emotional in the books but there are some things like granted reading the books you're going to get a lot more detail you're going to get a lot more exposition and there are things in the books that they left out of the films that I feel like were huge mistakes but there are some things that when you experience it in a visual form it has a whole different meaning and it hits you differently than you just reading it like yeah your imagination is one thing and it's great but actually seeing it on it like okay Snape's death on screen, that hit so much harder for me than in the books. Now, it was bad in the books. It was bad. I remember crying and I am not a Snape fan. I'm not a Snape sympathizer, none of that. But watching that scene in the movies and like literally feeling every single, ja- oh my God, that's that's something you just can't that there's no comparison
1: and, and on the flip no. side dobby dies it hits the same in the book Ugh. and it hits the same in the movie it's like you just feel it but you always tell the story about how you just threw the book across the room was that was, mm. <laughs> i remember sitting because i read it in the bookstore i think and i just remember sitting there like really really and then it happens yeah, in the movie, I think, and it's like see. it hits the same. And that, that's one of those things that hits the same for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm not
2: a
0: huge every Dobby fan.
2: Yeah,
1: every time.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. As so, some, as someone who didn't, who hasn't read the book yet, does it hit different because it was, because they ended the first part of Deathly does that's at the end of Deathly Hollow, the first Deathly Hollows, mm-hmm. right? Does it hit different because of how they like cut it off right there? Does it hit? Does it hit harder than just like reading it then knowing you have another chapter to get to and keep reading it or did it like just because of the finality of it being the last scene of the first part of Deathly Hollows? it's just being I th- visual
0: I think it's just the visual because visual. like I said reading it in the book it was emotional enough because you're thinking this is Dobby Dobby can't die you know what I'm saying just like no Dobby can't die He's not supposed yeah. to die, and then thinking about the way it 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 hit on screen. First of all, Harry Potter told you not to come save him anymore. He told you not to try to save his life. He told you this way back in Chamber of Secrets, but Dobby still did it anyway. The way and and then also visually the way that it happened. You know the way that they kind of showed them operating and the slow motion with the knife going through and it just you know the way that they played like you can kind of sort of see who's I I don't even know what to call it when they're apparating but you can kind of see who's there and who's not and for that knife to hit at precisely that moment and it just kind of disappears and it was just like you knew what was coming but the way they played it out was so much harder because you, you you arrive on the beach, you've got Hermione who's just been tortured, you've got Ron trying to comfort her, Harry goes over to them and he's comforting them and then they look and they're like, yo, look at Dobby. And when you hear D- Dobby speaking, that little voice, it was just kind of like, I can't watch this. It's almost like watching a child die because Dobby had that innocence, he had that... Um, he had that immaturity a little bit, and he was just so joyful and just all he wanted to do was help Harry Potter. I mean, he he just so wanted to pure, be Harry Potter's friend.
1: he was a yeah, just...
0: it, And it was very childlike. So watching Dobby die was like watching a child die. It's kind, of, it it just hits you a lo- different. And you know, like I said, reading those things, yeah, you can you can feel it, but when you actually see it, it was just it was just, it was bad. And then when Luna came over and closed his eyes, I, I was done. I was done. I was like, no, mm -mm, I can't do this. It was just, it's too much. It's too much. So, but, um, and I think too, for me, it hit hard as well because of the, there were certain things that they changed in that Malfoy Manor scene that, um, They changed it to the point where I felt like it took some of the urgency out of the scene, especially in terms of Ron and Hermione. Because um, in the books, when Hermione is being tortured, Ron is not sitting in that dungeon just being like, yo, we got to help her. Ron is screaming his head off. He is banging the doors. He is trying to get to Hermione. And in the book, like, if you ever doubt it, How Ron felt about Hermione, you knew in that moment when Hermione was being tortured that beyond anything else, Ron loved her. Because Ron was ready to commit murder trying to get out of that dungeon to get to her. And I felt like they didn't really portray that properly in the film. So given that that scene took place right before Dobby arrived, I wasn't expecting the Dobby scene to be done that perfectly you know it's kind of like oh you kind of lacked here so you're probably not going to do this right no uh uh-uh they were like oh yeah you didn't feel the emotion in this scene okay bam we're gonna give it to you all in this one scene in this little three minute scene so yeah it's it hit different it hit a lot different um but uh, let's see what else about this reunion oh I will never get tired of seeing Daniel's screen test and that screen test of the three of them it's so freaking <laughs> cute it's like you know you get to see screen tests every once in a while people release stuff they look so cute and they were so little and it was just like oh look at the babies they were so cute but it's like in that one screen test where you have the trio, you are not watching Daniel, Emma, and Rupert audition. You are watching Harry, Ron, and Hermione. In that in that little screen test, like they were so cute and they had their part they had their parts down pat. Like if they would have cast anybody else, I would have been like, uh, "What are y'all doing?" Even though you know we know that there were other people up for the role, but yeah, they that's one thing I will say as far as, um, the films, they did get a lot of the casting, right. I can't think of, I can't really think of anybody right now that I would say, okay, yeah, y'all could have done a little bit better casting. I would say maybe for James and Lily Potter, the, um, times we've seen them as adults, I think they probably could have cast people that looked a little younger or made them look a little bit different, but we also have to remember this was like, late 70s early 80s so they look a little different well you you know know. they
1: always try to say that people in the wizarding world age a little bit faster they live longer and age faster that's because
0: they don't have to deal with electric electricity or whatever i don't know (laughs) yeah i
1: think i remember it's not my theory but yeah they they age (laughs) they age faster but live longer was the thing
0: yeah right But yeah, I think... um, Which would
1: explain why Dumbledore had such a turnaround from Fantastic Beast. You know, uh, you know, that door
0: with Grindelwald did some, it did some (laughs) things to him. We'll see, I think we'll see, look, we'll see some of that in Fantastic Beast 3, but yeah, I I, I think, you know, when you think about all the things Dumbledore went through, you know, he has this Maybe or maybe not unrequited love for Grindelwald. Grindelwald is basically trying to um trying to recruit him to help, ch- quote unquote, change the, the world. world. Yeah. You know, they get into this duel. They get into th- this fight. I think during the midst of all this stuff, Dumbledore accidentally, uh, or you know, they, they never say pieces.
1: who threw the spell that.
0: Right. It it, right. Right. Yeah. Yes. But but his sister dies in the midst of all this, you know, and then you have to chase this dude down. And then you're your headmaster, and you have the second coming of evil as one of your students. Yeah, Dumbledore went through a life. He should have aged. <laughs> he should have aged. <laughs> but that'll be interesting to see how they do that in uh, Fantastic Beasts
1: is it is there a reason do they give a reason why is it Michael Gambon why he didn't show
0: no, they didn't but um i'm i'm gonna be honest Michael, Gamb- Michael Gambon was one of those people who um i feel like really he wasn't really enamored with being in the harry potter series you know maybe that changed over the years um but i know when he first got into it he was one of those people when when he talked about it it was kind of like oh this is just another job you know didn't really didn't really care too much for like the fan side of it and all this other stuff and then also age might have been a factor you know um We do have to think, you know, thinking about the whole um, thing I said at the beginning with some of them, you know, it looking like some of them filmed differently. Um, You know, we are still in the pandemic. We do have this new um, Omicron variant that's kind of bringing the COVID numbers back up. So maybe they just kept like a lot. Because if you think about it, he wasn't there. Maggie Smith wasn't there. Who else? Who else? um why did her name just escape me
2: Kent yes, Brandon wasn't there Mrs. is oh.
0: weasley lord why did her name just escape me? oh
2: i don't know you come out
1: but i know she's recovering from cancer
0: cancer yeah, yeah so cancer, and i yeah so so, so it could have been that the people who may have been more at risk they probably were like okay no, and then they probably also decided, no, I'm not gonna make this trip or I'm not gonna do this because of that. You know, it could have been a lot of different things. I mean, we're we're living in very strange times, you yeah. know, and just me thinking about the whole Daniel, Emma, and Rupert thing where they were kind of like I said, they they seem like kind of separated from themselves or you know, from each other. Um I mean, like I said, we got to think about it. Rupert has a baby at home now. So maybe he didn't want to be around a whole bunch of people, that you know, sense. just in case. So it could have been a lot of things. But um, again, there were certain things that just kind of threw me like we got a, we got a little bit of, um, you know, we got a one on one discussion between Emma and Rupert, which was really sweet. But we didn't get Rupert and Dan. And that was just kind of weird to me again. So I I don't know. It's just like i said I, I i felt very nostalgic but there were some things that i i wish we could have seen a little bit more of um in terms of the interaction with with people but um you know i didn't hate it i loved it i really loved it um it, it has it, made me think about me going back to read the books
1: oh well no it we didn't do that for me but <laughs> but really you want to watch the movies again
0: yeah um, that too but it's the, been
1: the thing is i've already read the books twice mm-hmm. and um
0: this is no
1: well well i've read half Blood prince maybe three or four times but average maybe twice for each one okay um,
0: i think i've read i've read through i've read through the entire seven book series maybe four or five times and I know like the earlier books I've read more because um, like I said when I first got into the books it was right before Half-Blood Prince came out so I read all the books that that first weekend and then I read them again right before Half-Blood Prince came out and then I went through the series again right before definitely hallows came out mm-hmm. and then i went through the series a few more times And but it's been like a good it's probably been a good 10 years since i picked up the books mm-hmm. well, and um the, the yeah, great thing is it,
1: it. it reminded me of the magic of the series like mm-hmm. the books and the movies um yeah. my daughter is 13 and I think the last year, the year before, she started reading the books. Okay. And she watches the movies. Like, when mm-hmm. we get up in the morning and she's waiting to go to school, she's down mm-hmm. here watching one of them. Okay. And she won't say it out loud, but I know she really likes it. Like, she likes being a Hufflepuff. She thought about maybe becoming a Ravenclaw. She's like, no, I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> but, yeah, Hufflepuff, baby. She was baby. reading the books. She was reading the books and um but she watches the movies like all the time we catch her watching Mm -hmm. the movies you go into her room and the movie's playing one of them so yeah
0: i used to do that a lot but it's been it's been a while since i've actually watched the movies and i think part of that is like in the same way that the the movies remind me of good times they also make me sad sometimes because, like, my little core group that we used to always watch the movies together—like, we're all spread across the country now, so we don't get to what, Like, it used to be nothing to say, "Yo, let's do a pot of marathon," and everybody show up at my house, and we- we'll have our like junk food and our popcorn and our drinks, and sit there and watch it. And now it's like two of us are here in Georgia, but we're like on opposite sides of the metro area. One is in North Carolina, one is and Rhode Island one of we 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 don't even speak to anymore
1: we've been at your house for a marathon
0: yes because
1: Michelle and she she was asking questions Mm -hmm. the whole time
0: yeah so it's it's just one of those things where I haven't watched I haven't sat down and really watched it in years like if it comes on I might watch it in the background every once in a while but I haven't like done a marathon in years because of that because I'm like my marathon buddies aren't here so it's kind of sad in that sense, but I I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go ahead. And uh, my best friend said that she's going to start rereading the book. So I think I'm going to do that too. And then I'll probably watch, sit down and watch the movies, but it's also one of those things. I know if I start watching the movies, I'm just going to get sucked in and then I'm going to be doing Harry Potter, nothing else, but Harry Potter for like weeks on end and we have other stuff that we have to talk about and yeah, i have how, other how stuff gonna read
1: these watch? Books. we got other books to read I know. we got other stuff to read you can
0: know i know, I know. <laughs> but i think in the same way too like you know we've talked about it when discussing other shows that are uh um, page to screen versions it's been years since i've been able to like really sit down and start a book series and keep it going because I get so distracted or, you know, my concentration is just not what it was when it comes to reading. Maybe if I go back and start the Harry Potter series again, it'll reignite my love for reading just like it did all those years ago, you know, to kind of give me that nudge to say, oh, okay, you know what? There are other book series that are great because like literally, um, you know, I had always been a reader. But it was just kind of one of those I'll read here, I'll read there. I had never read a series and gotten into a series the way that I did Harry Potter, um, except for maybe in elementary, middle school, starting with like Sweet Valley, you know. So I got into the Harry Potter series. And then, of course, after that, what comes after Harry Potter? twilight at that time and then the hunger games and then the divergent series and i think for me um the beautiful creature series uh the mortal instrument so harry potter really started kind of getting me back into ya and going through these series and it's like now i'm just kind of like i don't know there's just n- hasn't really been anything that just kind of sucked me in that way shadow and bone came close but n- it's nothing like it was with those other series so i don't know i'm still waiting to see so maybe i'll read a little bit of harry potter and that'll kind of jump start me back so you can do it with me anthony i know we've got no shadow and- <laughs> i know you've got shadow and bone to read and we've got a discovery of witches and and who knows what else <laughs> but
1: Ow, um what is the outlander
0: Outlander. Yes. And, but you know, Mike has to read the book. So maybe we can read along with him.
2: (laughs) We do like a book club. Hey, that would,
0: that would be fun.
2: Oh, it can be fun actually.
0: Yeah. That would be fun. Just kind of rediscovering Potter because I know there's a lot of things, you know, also when I started reading those books, it was like in my thirties, my early thirties. Matter of fact, no, I started reading Harry Potter at 30. So that that's been 16 years now. So maybe going back, reading it now, just kind of as I've gotten wiser, you know, more, (laughs) you know, more educated about things in the world, just going back, reading it. I know that they're probably I've, you know, I know people have talked about going back to reread it and they they notice this a little more problematic than when they first read it. And I'm kind of preparing myself for that as well. But I think overall the the original feeling I got from the series and again from the people that I've met, bonded with, become family with, I think that that will kind of again always keep HP like close to my heart. So, you know, I'm interested. Yeah, and I that. and I
1: like having something that I can relate to my kid with now that <laughs> she's into Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So I think that's cool,
0: right? But yeah, Mike, we got to get you into these books.
2: I know, I know, I know, but just like you said, we got we got so many other books like in queue right now.
0: I know, I know, but here's the thing. So I hear, I don't know how true this is. I have heard that they are trying to develop a Harry Potter TV series. So it'll be uh, look don't don't look like that. I've actually been wanting a TV series for a while, because I feel like if they follow some of the um, formulas that they do with TV series now, if they do even an eight episode, uh, you know, season, 10 episode season, if you think about, and of course, Mike, you won't know this because you haven't read them yet, but if you think about a lot of the backstories that they omitted from the films, because there just wasn't enough time, yeah, they could make it, and they could make it really great. Now, will they get the kind of casting that they had for the films? I don't know if they'll ever beat that cast. Are, are, are they gonna, because those characters will re- like, do
1: it? Is that the the plan? Like probably so. Okay, well, yeah. I would be interested in a much better version of the Half Blood Prince than what we got on screen. That's-
0: yeah, well, that and if you think about it, like. The major things that they missed for Prisoner of Azkaban, the whole backstory on the Marauders, I know plenty of people who want to see that. For, I think Goblet of Fire, they were pretty true to the book. Um, there wasn't, not I can't think of anything like major, major that they missed out from the book. Not that I, not that I can think of. Um, Order of the Phoenix had some problems. I really hate that they kind of, Condensed the conversation between Dumbledore and Harry after Sirius died, like in the office. Like there's a whole chapter of conversation that they omitted from that film that I think would have made a lot more sense. They took that out. I would love to see that. Half Blood Prince, so problematic. You know, there were there were some good things about Half-Blood Prince. The humor in Half-Blood Prince was amazing. Okay. The humor. Okay. With it was, was amazing. Was that
1: <sighs> the one where where she was like she thinks you're the you, she thinks you're the chosen one? Well,
0: yes, that and that's one. the one where uh, <laughs> Ronald and Lavender were in the relationship. That's the one yeah. where Ron got poisoned. Um, he got slipped the love potion and he was looking yeah. at the moon. So all that stuff was all great. that stuff
1: is great. And the book and the movie should not have been called the Half Blood Prince. This should be called. I know. Else.
0: I know because you literally skipped the whole backstory. Behind the whole
1: plot like yeah well yeah the a plot is gone so Mm -hmm.
0: yeah there are some things that i would like to see done a little bit better and i feel like a tv show would get would give them a chance to do that like give me seven seasons of eight you know eight episode seasons that's that's plenty enough time for them to get everything in and do it right like I said, I don't know what they'll do about casting because, like I said, you had pretty much damn near perfect casting for those films. And as far as like, like you said, the creme de la creme of British acting royalty, you will not get that in another film series ever, ever. You know, especially we have, most of those people are gone now. There's, a, you know, a good portion of them are gone. Alan Rickman is gone. Richard Griffiths is gone. Uh, John you know john hurt robert hardy so there's a lot of them that's gone so you're not gonna get that but we still have some talent in this world even with that older generation so i would love to see it
2: do you think they're gonna make hermione if they recast it make hermione closer to how she was in the book probably not
0: i don't know they probably could because if you think about it her it (laughs) her description in the book like she could go either way I mean when I read her I'm gonna be honest I didn't picture her as a black girl you know I don't necessarily read somebody with olive skin and think a black person I always think a white person because of you know that's what I grew up with as far as descriptions of people with that kind of complexion um it would be great to see them cast her as you know a black girl or a person of color that would be cool i don't know if i see it happening but maybe
1: it, i mean it's possible Like, look what they did with the wheel of time i mean they true <laughs> they colored just about every character
0: they did yeah <laughs> in,
1: in the show yeah and that's not so. how they are in the book so right Right. It's Um, it's a possibility. I don't see them doing it, but it's a possibility.
0: Yeah. So we can hope.
1: Yeah.
0: We can hope. Any final thoughts on the reunion special or Harry Potter in general? It was fun
1: to revisit, once again, revisit the magic of the series and the cast. Mm -hmm. And to see them as regular people and seeing them growing up. Mm -hmm. Um and, and go back over those memories which brings up the memories that I have of reading the series mm-hmm. and watching the movies I, th- I thought it was pretty cool yeah I, I remember you saying you wanted to do it and talk about it I was like I'm not gonna watch that. Why don't right, to watch right, that? Right, I want to watch you're gonna start watch listening it. to me <laughs> <laughs> to yeah, spear, because, whatever, but yeah.
0: because when I said, I said, uh, I said somebody's gonna have to watch this and, and talk about it with me. He was like, Are you really gonna make me watch this? I was like, <laughs> Are you a true Harry Potter fan if you don't watch it? Like, oh,
1: yes, you are. No, don't despair as those people,
0: okay that'd so be nice I want I want to be one of those snobs to be like oh my god you're not a true Harry Potter fan but, but I really do feel like for diehard fans like you have to watch this series it's just e- even with all the complaints that we have had over the years about the films those films still like one you have to separate them from the books that you just you have to but if you think about it and, and just watching it, like you said, it does have a lot to do with the movie going experience and, and how you experience it with friends. Like I remember doing Screen, uh, screen on the Green and Atlantic Station with my friends watching it. People getting mad at us because we're literally sitting there reciting every line of the films like we got on people's nerves doing that but it was just so natural because that's what we would do when we would watch it at home or whatever and it just became habit you know um seeing order of the phoenix in a i don't know if you remember this what what did they used to call it black curtain screening or something and you would go see the film like a week before it came out and just remembering watching order of the phoenix and when harry tells umbridge I'm sorry, professor, but I must not tell lies. The whole movie theater jumped up, shouted, screamed. That was the first time I had ever been in a movie theater with that kind of reaction. And it's like nowadays, you kind of get it with all the Marvel films and stuff, but that was the first time I had ever been in a movie theater with that kind of reaction. I was like, oh, I like this. Like I'm watching with real fans. This is what a real fan experience is like. Like you just- You know, going to midnight movie premieres, they don't do those anymore, but they did them for Harry Potter and we used to go dressed up in costume or, you know, have our, you know, our house representation, you know, I I miss those times. I really do. And watching this reunion kind of brought a lot of that back. So I'm glad. Uh, I, I would love to see them do a more inclusive reunion, maybe. I don't know, maybe they'll do one for the first film release, really, or no, film release is already gone, so maybe, maybe they'll do something else where we can get a little bit more, because there were a lot of people who were missing from this, um, you know, a lot of the younger actors, like I said, the older actors, they probably were like, okay, yes, yeah, too risky, but I would like to see them do something like this again. You know, it's kind of like if you think about the way Rupert said, Rupert said, it doesn't really feel like we've earned a reunion yet because it's only been 20 years. But at the same time, it's been 20 years. So, I don't know. I enjoyed it, though.
2: Doesn't seem like it.
0: I know. But, I mean, time flies. What was it Rupert said? He was like time. uh, I think Emma said, it feels like time has flown and then no time has gone by at all. But Rupert was like, I've had kidney stones and a baby. So yeah, I feel it. I feel the age. So I don't know. My kids were in elementary school when I started reading this series and now they're all grown. So that's a marker of time, if anything, you know, but it's cool. I enjoyed it. So, (sighs) Ah. Yeah, we, we're, we're going to have to do this again because I could talk about Harry Potter all day long. Like, yeah. So we're going to have to find some. Mike, you're going to have to start reading oh. these books. Give us a reason to talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> I realized this. Yep. Yeah, so oh, I guess that's our trip down Harry Potter memory lane for now. So that's it for our show. You can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Phantom Hybrid. You can also find us on YouTube and all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.